0: Welcome to the Thrive Podcast, the place where you will get to know inspiring real-life women who dare to do the uncommon. They embrace who they are in their life's purpose, and most importantly, they thrive because of it. I am Olga Mueller, a personal success coach and speaker, passionate traveler, and unshakable believer that everyone deserves to live a life they love without ever having to feel guilty about it. Each week, I will introduce you to powerhouse women from all around the world to show you that you can create a fulfilling life you love, no matter the circumstances, personal history, or topic. Me and my fellow ladies are here to bust your fears, your feelings of guilt and shame, and boost your confidence to a whole new level where you are finally able to see that I can do it too. Get ready to dare, embrace, and thrive unapologetically with us. Let's do this. All right, welcome to a new episode of the Thrive Podcast. I'm so happy to have um, a very, I would say, confident and powerful woman with me today. Her name is Satya Purna. Uh, She's located in Singapore. And um, Satya is a business strategist and mindset coach to six-figure freelancers and solopreneurs and the founder of Zach Studios. And she helps those entrepreneurs bring in the big bucks without losing their mojo. Zach Studios is a brand strategy and copywriting studio for experts, influencers, and service-based entrepreneurs who are done being invisible. And uh, her work has been featured in Inc. Magazine, Business News Daily, Women 2.0, and the Digital Marketing Summit Asia, just to name a few. And I'm so happy to have you with us today, Satya, because um, yeah, you're, let's say, the first person that I'm bringing to this podcast from Asia, and I love that because I feel there are so many... Um, yeah, women out there uh, with maybe a similar background to yours, and uh, I love to have your story today with us. Welcome.
1: Thank you, thank you so much, Olga. I'm so excited to be here, and yeah, absolutely. Like you know, there's uh, especially in Asia, we have such a huge population, right? Just between India and China, we have like over 2.5 billion people at this point. Um, so it's just like there's so many people who are in this part of the world, and of course there. Women everywhere who want to start businesses. So, yeah, I'm so thrilled that I'm the first person in Asia on your podcast, and I'm excited for the interview today.
0: Yeah, and um, even more so because like, you're really, uh, let's say, a very successful example for uh, not only Asian women out there, but really everybody around the world, I feel. Um, and we'll get more to that uh, later on. But originally, you're from India, right? Um, And so I'm very like curious, you know, um, because by now you have started basically two businesses and um, I'm very curious to hear a little bit about your upbringing. Like, how did you grow up? Were there like entrepreneurial role models around you or was it really like, let's say, this classical... um, background where, I mean, from just what I hear or see, it's always like this for, for uh, Indian families, it's usually like this promotion of, you know, become a doctor, become a engineer, become like those classical yeah. jobs. Like, how was it for you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I would say that um, I had a very traditional, typical upbringing as well. Actually, nobody in my family is an entrepreneur. So I didn't really have any entrepreneurial role models. Like, I think... When after I was, like, I guess after I was already an adult, one of my cousins started a business, but it was, you know, just not something that I was growing up with. Like, it was not something that I was taught to do as a child or anything of that sort. Like, my parents have come from very typical corporate backgrounds. They, they, you know, they worked for one company for 25 years, like that kind of background. So, yeah, it was not really something that uh, was a part of my upbringing, but I really do feel like, there were seeds that we, that were being planted when I was a kid, right? Because my parents were really into personal development. Mm. So at home, we have these like hundreds of books and obviously very, you know, old school personal development books like Think and Grow It and uh, The Magic of Thinking Big and Which Dad, Poor Dad and those kind of, you know, very old school personal development books that were popular in the 90s. Um, so there was like a huge library of books when I was growing up, and I used to love reading. So I was reading them all the time. So I guess at some point in my childhood, I just realized that there are so many ways in which you can live your life, right? Like, it's not just a corporate career that you need to aspire for. Like, there Mm. are many ways to make money. There are many ways to sustain yourself. There are many ways to thrive, not just sustain, but thrive in this world. And doing a corporate job is just one option, but it doesn't Mm. have to be the ultimate option or the only option, right? So, yeah, I would say it's, I had a very traditional um, childhood, but I'm so grateful that my parents um, had the wisdom to keep all these books around when I was growing up so I could read for myself and develop my own mind.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. And um, so did, did your parents then even though they've been, let's say, following the classical corporate careers, what have been, like, their messages to you? Like, one thing is that the thing that you read in the book, but what was, you know, the message from your parents to you? And, you know, what path to follow?
1: So, I mean, obviously, they didn't actually, like, sit me down and say, like, oh, you must get a corporate job or whatever. But I think it it was, the interesting thing was that, When I was in, so I moved to Singapore for university, so uh, I went to university here and then during my university, I had, I basically could finish my course within three and a half years. So I used six months to get an internship at JP Morgan. And at that point I was like, you know what, it's a six month experiment. I'm going to try it out, see how it goes uh it's going to work or it's not going to work, but it's an opportunity for me to know how I feel about this, right? Mm-hmm. So I went for a six-month internship at JP Morgan, and I was completely miserable. Like, it was, I hated the job. I did not like the people I worked with. <laughs> uh, they were so uninspired and dead on the inside. Like, that's how it felt to me. Yeah. And at the end of the six months, it was very clear to me that if I continued working there, I would turn into an alcoholic because that's the only way I could survive. Working in a boring, soul-sucking environment like that. So at the end of the six months, they offered me a job, and I said no on the spot. And at that point, I was like twenty years old, right? My parents obviously were freaking out because they were like, "What? Like this is like one of the biggest banks in the world, and getting giving you a job after the global financial crisis? Like at least you, you are like you think you're too good enough, but you're too good for this. Like this is not good enough for you." So obviously, they bugged me about it for a few years, and I could I literally like I quit my after I quit that I was working for a startup and obviously mm-hmm. the pay was lower and my parents every single time I would go home they would sit me down and be like what do you think about calling your boss at JP Morgan I'm sure he would <laughs> love to have you back and I'm like yeah sure he would love to have me back but I don't want to go back so it was just one of those things where they still thought that I was making a huge mistake until I was making a lot of money from my business yeah <laughs> like they, they was a horrible idea. I'm making a lot of money from my business. Um but yeah, it was basically they they really did want me to, you know, get a prestigious job and be settled and be happy. But I think it's not really their fault, right? Like that's something that every parent wants for their child. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just more I think what was it was more about was just that they would have preferred for me to have something that and secure and guaranteed yeah. but now the things are going pretty well with my business they are really grateful that I did not listen to them so mm-hmm. I think that's what it really comes down to you know it's like I feel like most times they especially Asian parents like the advice that they give you is usually based on what they know to be true yeah but actually if you prove them wrong and you have an amazing life they're more than happy to accept and admit that you were right, and that you are doing it your way, and you're yeah. you're doing pretty well, for yourself, right? So I think that's just really what it comes down to. But I'm I'm so grateful that I've had this journey so far. Yeah. yeah,
0: and I think that really applies to almost all parents because my parents are the same way. And I think this is like the the most difficult, let's say, phase that uh, one struggles when you decide to not go the you know um, yeah the the common path, let's say. And to really, you yeah. know, stick it out and, um, yeah, somehow uh, make it through this phase of, you know, developing your own kind of thing, becoming successful. Because, yes, I think whatever, whatever uh, you choose to do, once you become successful with it in, in the yeah. eyes or in the perception of other people, then it's all fine. But in the meantime, it's like yeah. uh, you have to withstand all the, let's say, all the adversity, so when did it yeah. become really clear to you that you know entrepreneurship is something that you want to pursue?
1: I would say it was more. It was it's like the ideas were starting to bubble up when I was in university, um, and I started kind of thinking about it in really loose terms when I was in university. Because and the the place where it came from really was like I was looking at you know normal jobs, right? Because. From the university that I am from, most of my peers went and got proper jobs. So when I was thinking about it from that perspective, I was um, I was just thinking, hey, you know, I only get two weeks off a year. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell is up with that? Like, that does So I'm supposed to live my life on the weekends and the two weeks off a year. Like, and the rest of the time, I'm a slave to some other company, and I'm b- basically wasting the time of my life, my mm-hmm. youth sitting in a glass cubicle, um, just doing the work so that somebody else can get rich, like this makes no sense. Like, so that was like a idea that had started bubbling up, but I had no idea what I would do, right? I had no idea what I would do, what kind of business I would start, what I would, the place I would want to get to, where am I going with this? There was no kind of sense of that, but there was this like random loose idea in my head, like, hold on a second, like getting a traditional job doesn't make sense. So that part was clear to me. So I was like, okay, so what else is my option? I was like, well, I could run a business. And I was like, great. So what might that business look like? But I just had no idea what that business might look like. Mm-hmm. So which is why I went and worked for startups, because I just wanted to be around entrepreneurs. Like I wanted to be around someone who's been running a business for 20 years and just be in their presence and see what they do and see how they think about the world and see how they show up and how they talk to their clients. Like, I wanted to know what goes into running a business, which is why I was like, I'm going to go work for a startup. I'm going to be around entrepreneurs all day it's going gonna, it's
0: gonna to rub off on me, right?
1: So yeah. I was like, I'm 20 years old, it's going to rub off on me. But, and it did, and it did rub off on me to a very large extent. Um, so yeah, I'm grateful for that, but I think it worked out
0: pretty well. Sounds amazing, because I think this is sometimes, you know, the, the chance that we're not giving ourselves to put yourself in that environment, uh, to basically try it out first, to see, you know, how does it fit you, and also to well, to to learn firsthand, like you said, you know, what's their attitude? What's their, you know, mindset? What are the things yeah. that, uh, that I need to know? And so yeah. um, what are, let's say, the biggest things that you w- or How long have you been then working for startups in total? And what how what are the most important, let's say, learnings that you've made through that experience for yourself?
1: Right. So I was working for startup for about four years before I started my own business. Mm-hmm. And I would say in terms of learning, hmm, I'm trying to think back, it's been quite a while since I've had my own business. But I'm trying to think back to what, what I learned from that phase of my life.
0: Yeah. Especially when, when it came to then starting out on your own, you know, what were the big things yeah. that you could carry, you know, or, or take from from that experience in, in the startups to your own business?
1: Right. So, okay, number one was, I would say, like, the, some of the biggest lessons I learned were around managing people mm-hmm. at work. Like, that was definitely very interesting because if you are starting your own business, you're going to have a team at some point, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's like, that's not something, like, honestly, like, managing people, managing a team is not something that you can teach in a classroom. I really feel like you have to experience that in the real world. So, I had some very good examples for how to lead your team, and I had some very good examples of how not to lead your team. <laughs> <laughs> and both of them were equally useful, right? Both of them were equally useful because it helps you recognize the contrast, and contrast is always a good thing. So, number one, I would say managing people was one. Number two was, you know what, I recognized from that phase of my life. I used to work with this guy who, who had been a serial entrepreneur. He literally had his business, he had multiple businesses over like 25 years and he was um basically had like, sold one of his companies for like 20 million dollars something like that so wow. it, he was like the founder of the first company that i worked for and this level of like sheer confidence mm-hmm. was amazing like that was i think one of the one of the things and i know like you know there are all kinds of people in of industries who are supremely confident for no reason at all. But I really just, one of of the things that I observed from him is that Mm -hmm. confidence is really everything, right? Like if you Mm -hmm. just approach a a subject or a topic with 100% certainty and confidence, you can sell anything. That's Mm -hmm. it. Like that's because people usually buy your conviction. People buy how sure you are. People buy your certainty. People are not really buying your product or service. They're buying the level of certainty that a company or a person gives to them, right? So that was an amazing example, great lesson that I learned from him. And the third thing I would say was just like to treat everything that you do in your business as an experiment, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, ultimately, I think that's just what it is. Like if you get, if you think of yourself as a scientist, you don't get attached to the outcome of each experiment, right? Like your job is to show up, do the work, you know, face, like see what the experiment says, like what's mm-hmm. working, what's not working, but you're not attached to it. It's an impersonal thing. So you're not attached to it. You're like, yeah, it's fine. Like you know, something will work, something will not work. But you don't need to get too emotionally attached to it or bothered by it or worried about it. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if some of those experiments fail. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means that that experiment failed. So that allows you a lot of room to keep going without quitting or without freaking out or without worrying because you can always just. Do what you like, you know, you can always just do an experiment, learn something from it and then give it another go. And if you just develop that mindset of resilience and persistence, you can be more successful than most people because most other people will quit the first time and the second time or the third time. But if you just keep going, mm. you're going to find something that works and you're going to win. Yeah.
0: I love that. And, um, you know, I think this is this is a huge problem, not only in entrepreneurship, but let's say overall in life, like we take things so personally, right? I love that, that approach, yeah. you know, just see it as a as yourself as a scientist and whatever you're doing as an experiment and really, you know, yeah. helping yourself to create that distance by not like yeah. identifying, like just because it didn't work out doesn't mean that you're, you know, that you're s- stupid or that you're not worthy or you don't have anything to offer. So I love that approach. And what, uh, maybe, yeah. what would you say... Um, you know, have you al- do you feel like you've always been so confident? Because, you know, also if, if people check out your maybe your website or your personal page later after that interview, like I feel like you your copy and your writing, you know, has so much sass and I love that. And so I'm like wondering, you know, <laughs> where did you get that confidence from? Have you always been this way or did you, you know, like you mentioned, you've seen it and um, learned from that?
1: I would say it's a bit of both. But absolutely, like you can, you can learn to be a more confident person. I really do believe that you can learn to be more confident. It's not something that like, oh, if you don't have it, you're screwed. Like, it's not like that at all. You can absolutely learn to be more confident. Mm-hmm. But what I just believe is that the alternative is not an option. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, can you really imagine tip going through life being scared like yeah like you know a lot of people live life that way right it's like sure I get it a lot of people live life in fear a lot of people live life that way and I'm going to be the first to admit that there have been times in my life where I have been scared too it's not like I'm you know bulletproof I have bulletproof confidence either because sometimes yeah you're scared that's just a part of the human experience I think if I said I'm never scared I would be first of all I'd be lying and second of all I would be a psychopath because only psychopaths are not scared yeah but I'm I'm not a liar or a psychopath. So I'll be the first one to admit that, yes, I am scared too. But I think the most important thing um, that I've learned is to not let the fear make the decisions in my life, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, that's what it really comes down to. Yeah, you will see the fear. That's just completely normal. But don't wallow in it. Don't let it stop you, right? It's like, get up, do things differently. Move. I mean, take action anyway. Like, don't Mm -hmm. just let the fear be one of those things which gets to stop you. Yeah. I would say that's the uh, that's the approach
0: I've kind of taken in life so far. And uh, would you mind sharing with us? You know, especially like in let's say on your on your journey becoming an entrepreneur. What were some of the biggest fears that you had around yourself or the oh, business? Gosh. Or ah, uh,
1: so many. Honestly, so many. And I, hmm, biggest fears. I mean, obviously, you know, if you think about it. When I started my business, I did not have, like, my parents are not that rich, okay, let's be real, my parents are not that rich. They're not, um, you know, it's not like they are, you know, waiting to give me money or whatever, or they, they are going to leave me like a billion dollar inheritance or anything of that sort. So it was not like I, was, I didn't come from money. I didn't, um, I didn't come from money. I didn't have an investor. I didn't want to take loans to grow my business, even though, of course, I have used my credit card to make investments sometimes. But I didn't want to take a major business loan. I didn't have a line of credit. I don't have a rich husband. I'm very much single. Um, it's like, I didn't have the traditional support system that a lot of entrepreneurs typically have when they grow their business. So it was very much like if this uh, is this life, good job, you did it. If this sinks, good job, you did it. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's just what it was. So for me, it was really scary because of course I love living in Singapore and I love living my life here. The thing is that my parents spent a lot of money to get me to a university in Singapore, right? Of course, I took a stolen loan and all of that, but they invested their own money to put me through university here and all of that. But at that point, I didn't want it to be one of those things. Like, failing was honestly just not an option, right? Like, I didn't want to fail and then go back and say, oh, mom and dad, like, I kind of screwed up. Like, you know, want to help me out here or like, you need to rescue me or anything of that sort. So for me, like, failing and moving back to India was not an option Singapore is a pretty expensive place to live in and I didn't want to ask them to, to help me or bail me out or anything of that sort, right? Or I didn't want to have to resort mm-hmm. to going on going into a lot of debt to grow my business or whatever. So I wanted to grow my business from just my own, like based on what I know and what I can do, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously there was a lot of fear around all of that. Like I didn't want to, I didn't want to shut down my business. I absolutely did not want to go get a job. I didn't want to move back to India. I didn't want to borrow money. I didn't want to ask my parents for money. So all of these things were scary because that just means you only can rely on yourself. So yeah, I would say that was a very, like, you know, that was pretty stressful and scary time of my life. Definitely.
0: And um, what do you think has, yeah, has helped you overcome those fears? I mean, you know, one thing is, okay, one, uh, one key is, of course, it's not an option. Like, you have to, you know, fight your way through it. But, um, you know, what what do you think were some of the let's call it like success factors that helped you to really push through and not only push through to, you know, be like, meh, you know, you did it. And the the result is like, okay, but really, you know, um, make it a success uh, story for yourself.
1: Hmm. I think the mindset stuff really helped. Mm hmm. Like working on my mindset every single day has really helped a lot with that. Because I feel like, and obviously, you know, I was, you know, I knew that when I was growing up and I had learned all of this from the book that I read mm-hmm. and all of that. But I feel like when you are an entrepreneur and you are faced by very real, pro- not problems, but like very real challenges in your business, mm-hmm. then you really have to, it's like, it's that's the point where, knowledge goes into experience right Mm -hmm. like knowledge becomes experience the point where knowledge becomes experience is when you're like shit i really need to use this to survive like when that happens then you really start implementing things and of course when you start implementing things it's like you will face challenges because it's it's just a whole new level of like it then becomes a way of life right it's a new way of living life. It's a way of experiencing your knowledge so i would say that once i started like really doing the work like, it's, it's a very different thing to understand conceptually like yeah conceptually i'm supposed to meditate conceptually i'm supposed to do x y and z and i get that but when that concept goes into action and that concept goes into actual implementation that's when you start getting amazing results
0: yeah and what were some of the things that you actually then started doing
1: so I would say meditation is absolutely one of them. Uh, journaling is something. And I think it's more than meditation and journaling. And, mm-hmm. okay, I would say if the top three, you have to pick top three. I would say meditation, journaling, and gratitude, like having gratitude practice. But what I've recognized is that it's not just about doing, like, meditating for the first 15 minutes of the day, and then you do a little bit of gratitude journaling, and after that you give up and go back to being your old self, where you're in the <laughs> morning and pissed at other people. But it's more about you do, your, your the whole point of doing these practices every single day is that it teaches you how to train your emotional self into a more calmer place, right? So that means that once you finish your meditation, good job, but now you have the rest of the 23 hours and 30 minutes where you need to keep yourself in a good emotional place. Like if you're just going to meditate for 30 minutes and then go back to being miserable, that doesn't work. So it it was one of the I think the most powerful thing that I do like I work with my clients and teach this to my clients as well um, is to become aware of your emotional state all day long Mm -hmm. and then tune into that emotional state as often as possible in order to keep yourself in in like a really happy place and that makes such a huge
0: difference. Mm. Yeah, because we all uh, I mean. We're all like anim- animals reacting, <laughs> not not necessarily oh, yeah. acting. And so becoming aware of your emotion is really important. And what do you mm-hmm. think or looking back, what are some of the, let's say, biggest uh, blocks that you had in your mindset? That that you are aware mm-hmm. of now and where you can say, like, you know, I, I've, I've passed through this and um, it has really helped me, you know, s- somehow open up or, you know, let go many of those maybe it's fears but let's say forces that were maybe holding you back and not allowing you to get to where you wanted to go
1: right that's a really good question Mm, let's see mindset block I would say I would say my biggest mindset block was around allowing myself to just chill out and have a little bit more fun with my business because mm. I felt like I was very serious like when I first started my business I was very serious about it and because I was so serious about it and I took it so seriously it was affecting my health it was affecting my mood it was affecting my relationships and all of that mm. and at some point like we just recognized that like you know what like you don't need to be a serious person to run a successful business You really don't. Like, you can just be chill. You can be chill. You can have fun. You can go uh, hang out with friends. You can, like, you know, there's this whole conversation in the business um, development world, which is, like, our business growth world. It's all about, you have to hustle. You have to hustle. If you're not working 16 hours a day. What are you even doing with your life? Like, stop being a loser. Like, work 16 hours a day. That's bullshit. Honestly, that's bullshit. Like, if you work that long and that hard, you're just going to become a really unpleasant person to be around. And what's the point Really, what's the point of you earning thirty thousand, forty thousand, fifty thousand, hundred thousand dollars a month if you're just super unpleasant person, but cannot doesn't have proper relationships, doesn't have friendships, doesn't have a life? Right? It's like it's more important to have a life than just have a livelihood. So I think that was I would say like the first few years because I was so freaked out about like you know the worst case scenario, I was always like trying to avoid that. But now that I'm in a in a more stable place, I I feel like in this journey. I had to get over that fear mm. in order to get to that place where I'm like, okay, I can just be chill about my business. I know it's growing. I, can, I know I can grow it faster, but I'm just going to focus on having a good life, not just on like making myself crazy. Yeah,
0: I love that. And I, and I love that you mentioned the, let's say, the hustle concept, let's call it, or the idea, because, um, yeah, I, I, I totally like, let's say, f- fell for this idea as well to some kind of point where – it's just by itself being, you know, either work all, the, all day, every day, all year, whatever, all your life to in order to be a good entrepreneur or in order to be successful. But also this idea of, you know, um, you can't be a successful, you can't have a successful business or be an entrepreneur if you have, let's say, a, a corporate job or something like that, because that's what I feel like right. is a struggle of many in my mind as well. Um, it's like you know you have to maintain yourself somehow financially if, if it is something that you have to develop I, I I feel like I want people to know you know it's okay if you have some side gig that maintains you financially that gives you the security that you need in order to not freak out every day and be like you know what the fuck do I do and you know act out of out of this place of fear yeah absolutely. And, um, no, for
1: sure. I mean, obviously, it just takes a little bit more discipline when you have a full-time yeah. job and you're trying to grow a business. But if you need that to sustain yourself, then, yeah, then do what you need to do. Mm.
0: And um, what do you think, like, from the business side? Um, because really one thing is, is a working for a corporation, even for a startup, right? Even though you learn a lot. Another thing is like, okay, you go all in yourself. Now you do it, you know? So what do you feel have been like your biggest challenges or struggles with, with the business itself? Because I feel like, especially sales and probably marketing, feeling comfortable about, you know, talking about yourself, what you offer, making a sale is probably one of the the biggest things. But so I'm curious to hear, like, what has it been for you?
1: I don't think the challenge has been with sales or marketing, really. Because I really really believe that most challenges in business are mindset challenges. Mm. That's it. Like, there's nothing else apart from that. Like, yeah, you might say oh, I'm not able to sell, I'm not able to market myself, this, that, and the other thing. But the thing that stops you is the mindset. Like the fact that you're struggling with your marketing or your sales is just a symptom of the problem because I've noticed this in my own business. Like when I'm in a really good place emotionally and mentally, Mm -hmm. I can execute, I can half-ass execute on something and make a fuck ton of money doing it. Mm -hmm. Or I can be in a really bad place mindset-wise and I can execute on the perfect strategy and it doesn't work. So it's like, the really, the magic happens when the mindset and the strategy comes together. But I really do believe that if you just had a very good, if you were in a very good place in your mind, you can overcome any challenge in your business and it would not even be like, it would not even be a blimp on the radar. Like, you can get it done. Mm. But if you're not in a good place on the mindset side, I can give you the best strategy in the whole entire world and you will still be struggling with your business and there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And what is maybe something that you also, um, maybe like the most common things, let's say mindset-wise when it comes to business, making money or even sales, uh, that you observe from the work with your clients? What is something that like pops up repeatedly?
1: Honestly, it's all just fear. It's just all fear in different clothes, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you you can talk about it in terms of fear of succeeding, or you can talk about fear... Actually, fear of succeeding is a very real thing, because a lot of people are scared about how they will change people, right? Like if tomorrow, if you had a million dollars in the bank, am I going to become an asshole? Is mm-hmm. everybody going to hate me? Are my sister's mm-hmm. going to be resentful of me? Like there are all these kind of questions that people have in their head. So people are afraid of succeeding. They're afraid of failing. They're afraid of being like, you know, of being a fool. They're afraid of um, winning a bit in their business and then losing it. They're afraid of so many things. But like, basically it's just fear. Like mm-hmm. literally, there's just one thing, that's fear. And it's like, you, your job in order to manage your mindset is to figure out all the ways in which you're afraid, and then deprogram your brain. Like you basically get rid of the fear and replace it with a more loving thought or a more loving belief, and that's basically your job for the rest of your life, starting today.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, totally, it's it's uh, everything. You know, you can, like you said, you can have the greatest ideas, you can have the greatest strategy, but you know, it's always like thoughts feelings, action. So if your feeling is fear and, um, you will never get to that point of action because your, your mind is telling you, don't do it. You know, you're going to die or somebody will kill you or whatever. And, um, it is true, but it's a very hard job. Like, um, I think that's why I'm always also encouraging people to, you know, just, you know, read, learn, and especially like learn about yourself generate that awareness because if if you don't get like consuming information is great But like like you mentioned also in the beginning, like you need to put it into practice and become aware of it, because if you don't become aware, you you can't you can't even say, you know, I'm afraid you will say no, but it's whatever. It's it's the economy. It's my neighbors. It's whatever. It's my job. And uh, you will you will find always other people or or factors to, let's say, blame it on, but never like resolve the issues within yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, and blaming others is so useless, so completely and fully useless. Uh, Because it's like, you know, when you blame someone else, you're giving your power away, right? It's Mm -hmm. like you're basically saying that you're a victim. So when somebody blames anything, it means that they are being in that victim role. And as soon as you recognize, hey, you know what? Like, I'm in charge of the story, I'm in charge of this situation, I'm in charge of my life, I can just give up the blame and go create the life that I actually want. Yeah. when you give up blaming you for your people, you take your power back, and that's just so incredibly powerful.
0: Yeah, to, uh, uh, absolutely. And is there something that yeah. you see um, any differences like um, in female entrepreneurs, like in different parts of the world? Let's say you're you're in Asia a lot, so I really have no idea what let's say the let's say the general common mindset is in females about entrepreneurship and how many. People, or women especially, actually, you know, feel um, motivated to or enticed to follow that path? Um, Because I think you also work with very different clients, you know, from uh, different parts of the world. So is there something that you can observe, like, when it comes to differences in in mindset entrepreneurship in females? Um,
1: Honestly, I don't know if I have, like, a well-thought-out response to that. Because the reason I'm saying that is because I really believe that there are inspired women all over the world, okay. right? Like, there, it doesn't really matter which culture we're looking at. And also, I honestly don't know what the benchmark is. For example, like, how many women out of a 1,000 or 100 women in the U.S. would start a yeah. business compared to Asia or whatever. Yeah. So I, I don't really have a number in my head that I can just rattle off to you. But I really do believe that there are inspired women everywhere. There are some amazing successful women in Singapore as well. Of course, because Singapore is a much more developed country, Um, there are amazing entrepreneurs here. But I really do believe that there are good people, there are great entrepreneurs, there are courageous women everywhere. So I don't think it's so much of like a norm or a culture thing. It's just more like, you know, inspiration finds people in different places around the world, and then they end up doing some cool things. Um, But that being said, I would just say that I think generally like between men versus women, I would say the, the biggest difference is that I feel like a lot of men are not afraid to fuck up. Hmm. And men typically have a higher risk tolerance or a higher risk appetite than women do. Um, and also, you know, there's like, there's a lot, all kinds of societal bullshit that is like placed on women, right? Like the whole thing of like, oh, you must be married by the time you're 30 or yeah. you must have a child by the time you're 35 or like any of that bullshit stuff. Um, or the fact that people have opinions about your reproductive health all the time uh, for no reason at all. So it's like this, that's of bullshit that's just got to do with misogyny and sexism. It's not that has nothing to do with whether women want to be entrepreneurs or not. But I generally think, and there's been like research and you know, there's been studies about this, which is that men are, or boys and their kids, they are allowed to be more risky they're allowed mm. to do stupid shit they're allowed to break things and climb over shit and hang from the window and do all kinds oh, yeah. of crazy crap whereas girls are expected to like sit down look pretty uh you know yeah, not talk yeah. too loud like there's so much yeah behave there's so much like you know conditioning that goes into women being perfect around being perfect that men just simply don't receive so which is why when women grow up or when girls grow up they come into this world where they expect that everything has to be perfect and so many women I I see them struggling with perfectionism like everything has to be perfect everything has to be precise everything has to be pretty everything has to be like just so in order to feel like they can they have permission to succeed now but that's bullshit like you have permission to succeed no matter what it's like when you can recognize that for what it is and let go of that story you can be so much more successful Mm -hmm. a whole lot faster I would say that would be like my general observation. Yeah. Mm.
0: And how has it been for you? Have you been raised to you know to with permission to fuck up, or did you have to you know let's say comply to the the general girls' rules of you know look pretty and behave and you know don't don't overdo it. Right. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, you
1: know, and that would be a very short response to that because, yeah, like thankfully for whatever reason. I had a bit of a rebel streak when I was growing up and I just realized that I don't need to listen to anyone and everyone, right? Like I don't need to listen to everyone. Everyone doesn't need to get, doesn't get to have an opinion about my life and I can just do what feels good to me. And that's just what it is. Like I'm going to do what feels good to me. Right? So that's just what I wanted to do. And that's what I have done with my business as well. And, um, yeah, it's me pretty well so far. So I think it was a good call. But yeah, really, I just feel like, you know what? At some point, we have to recognize that we are fully grown adults, right? And unfortunately, a lot of people still live with all the programming that they received when they were Mm -hmm. a kid, and they live their entire life from that space, from that programming. But really, like, the, the day you decide that you want to live your life a certain way, and that you don't care about whether it matches with other people's version of the perfect life or not, that's the day where you're gonna liberate so much energy and passion for your own self and your own life to just do what you really are meant to be doing in the world yeah
0: oh yes that th- like that that is so great and i think this is really li- like you hit the i don't know how to say that in english but do you say like you hit the nail on the head i don't know that's a german thing maybe yeah. but <laughs> yeah no it's, it's in english too yeah? it's in english too okay Yeah, Yeah. because um, it's really and and I'm totally in that group, like I I struggled with it to to let go of that, to, you know, uh, make sure that you make your parents, you know, happy and proud and whatever. And actually, like, regain that ownership of your life and really, you know, follow through with, you know, it is in the end, it is my life. And I always say that to other people, you know, it's my life. I will have to live with the consequences. So, yes, I can make other people somewhat happy in that moment. But the one, the person who will regret this later, it's going to be me. And I will have to live with whatever, you know, impact that is going to have. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. So um, one thing that you say on, on your, I think on oh, one of your posts or on your website i don't remember exactly where i've read it but um it said the wrong and west investment simply won't get you the right result and so yes. what do you think are really non-negotiables when it comes to let's say starting your business and wanting to create the right results w- what is important really
1: so i think that depends on the stage of business that you're in right like if you are in super early in your business Mm -hmm. you're just trying to figure out where to go from here then the most important thing that you can do is to go out and start serving people Mm -hmm. like go out and start helping people be useful like that's something that I, i tell a lot of people who are just starting out as freelancers. just be useful that's the or freelancers or consultants or new businesses like if you're always focused on adding value to people you will never run off out of people to serve right because you're going always going to have people who will need you if you have been in business for a few years and you've been stuck for a while, then that's the time that you need to be a little bit more mindful about who you choose to work with. Because all there's so many online courses and programs in the world that literally promise you the moon, right? Yeah. They say, oh yeah, we're like, going to completely change your life and your life is going to be amazing and it'll not even take two days for you to get there. And there are people who are promising you the sun and the moon and the stars, but... The truth is that most online courses are geared towards newbies. They're geared towards people who are super new in their business. So that's what I meant by the wrong investments are not gonna get you the right results. Because if you're investing in a program that's geared for newbies, you can't gain value from it as somebody who's already been in business for three years. If you've been in business for three years, then you need to invest in the right program to take you to the next level. And like I said before, most of the challenges are mindset challenges mm-hmm. so you need to have like a live component around mindset where is working with you to change your the ways you're thinking and feeling about the world so if you're not getting the support around that if you're not supported adequately on the ma- mindset side you can have the best strategy in the world but you're not going to succeed or you're going to have very basic strategies in the world that are not going to help you scale so what you need like you know there's this quote which is like what got you here won't get you there mm-hmm. like the same strategies will not work the first the same strategies you use in the first year of your business are not going to work in the third fourth, and fifth year of your business. You're going to have to go to the next level so that is what it really comes down to and I guess that's what you read when I was talking yeah. about uh, making the right investments yeah
0: and what is something that helps you with let's say um somehow staying up to date but really you know staying maybe creative with uh with your own strategy with developing your own strategy because um it I feel like it sounds very simple, but usually the simplest things are the hardest. And so, how do you do that for yourself?
1: That's a great question. And I would say the here's the one of the simplest things that I've found, like you said, which is the most powerful, which is like to your strength mm-hmm. and do what you love, like do what feels good, right? Like some people are amazing on video, some people are amazing at writing content, some people are amazing at being on podcasts or mm-hmm. doing audio. Some people are going to be amazing at speaking on stages. Other people are going to be amazing at networking events. It doesn't matter what you love. Just like go all in on it and make the best use of it. I think that's where the magic happens, right? It's like a lot of the times people are either trying to push and force and do something that they hate. So obviously, they don't get the results they want. Or they are just overwhelmed by so many options that they're like, oh, my God, where do I even start? Exactly. So my advice to that is, like, what do, you love to, what do you love to do? What brings you a lot of joy? What is easy for you? Like, for example, to be on video for me is really easy. Like, I love being on video. I can just start talking about any topic. So video and audio is, like, my mode of choice, right? So whether it's recording a webinar or doing a webinar live or it's, like, just doing a live stream or doing a call like this with you. This is my strength. Like I don't like writing long content. Like I'm I'm okay at it, I guess. But I'm not, you know, I don't love it, right? So I play to my strengths. And yeah, I, I still write long content because you know sometimes you do get inspired and there's a lot of ideas that are just pouring out of you, and I love to capture those ideas. But I just really feel that you've got to play to your strengths and you've got to do what feels good because if you're tolerating something and you're doing something you hate, mm-hmm. then you are not playing to your strengths and you're ultimately you're not going to benefit from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And um, yeah. what would you say was your fire, your love that really, you know, motivated you to start out as a, let's say, business strategist and a coach and also uh, found, uh, f- yeah, find the, the, um, the confidence to start your your company called Zach Studios?
1: I mean, I think I mentioned this before, but I think it really just went, goes back to that spirit of wanting to help people. Like I really, when I started that studio, because the whole idea was like, what is missing from the market right now? And how can I fill that gap? That was the idea. And that was the same idea that got me into coaching as well. Like, of course, I love coaching. And honestly, in a way, I just stumbled into it. Like I knew I wanted to coach. And I just happened to get a client who was like, hey, I want you to coach me. And then I loved the experience and she got amazing results. And I was like, I want to coach more people. So I started coaching more people. So I kind of stumbled into it a little bit. But um, I think it, come, it, it came from the perspective of knowing that I can create a whole lot of impact and I can really serve people. Like it just brings me so much joy to see my clients saying things like, after years and years of being stuck with my business, I'm finally happy now. Mm-hmm. Like I have clarity, I'm happy, I know where to go from here. Things are finally working, I'm making more money, things are making sense, I'm happy. Like just To hear them say those words is like just so life giving to me, yeah. honestly. Like, I yeah, like that's it. Like, that's what kind of inspired me to wake up every morning and do this stuff because you know, everybody knows like running an entrepreneur, running a business, or being an entrepreneur is not really a joke, it, it is difficult sometimes. Mm. But the fact that we have amazing people whose lives are being changed in the most divine, positive way is very inspiring is just very, um, it just, you know, it warms your heart. And I think it's important to feel like you're really making the world a better place in a very small way. Yeah. Um. And then just show up and keep doing that. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's really like the best feeling when somebody comes to you and says, you know, you've helped me, you know, change either my life or parts of it or because of you, da, da, da. Like this really like the moment yeah. where you're just like sitting there with a big huge smile on your face and you're just like feeling like the best person in the world really. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best person in the world. And um, I would like to also dig a little bit into the, let's say the, the topic of uh, money mindset because like you mentioned earlier, uh, it's maybe uh, probably has to do a lot with uh, the sphere of, of uh, being too successful which is attached to like specifically this topic of money and you know this week I heard another another friend of mine actually say like you know I I love it when you see people talk about something that really um sparks like a passion in them and they talk about this topic and their eyes light up and then you're like you should do something with it, you know there's more people who would who would benefit you know from from your knowledge or from all the things that you're doing if you would just share it and then it's like, yeah like i i don't I don't even need to earn like you know th- like this extra money like I just want to have this i don't know this whatever let's say two thousand dollars or something like that just to be okay. I don't need to earn more money so th- you know what from your experience, like what is something that you would say a person like this? That is like, yeah, you know, I, I, like I would love to just do that thing. But, you know, I, I don't need to earn like this extra money. I don't need so much money.
1: Ah, I love that. I love that question. And, um, okay, so here's the thing. Like that absolutely is like a money mindset issue, right? It's like it's a block because they, at some level, they might have a belief which says, making money has to be hard work. Like I need to be miserable and I need to be stressed out and I need to be nervous and I need to be really like in a bad place emotionally in order to make money. Or there might be a fear that if I make money from something I love, then I'm going to stop loving it. Right? So it's like both of those fears are not good. But, and both of those fears are bullshit, most importantly. So once you clear those fears, you can go out there and start earning more money from just doing what you love. But here's the other thing which I think is even more profound. That's um, something that I read recently, and I think this was a quote by Rockefeller, if I remember correctly, uh, or one of the other old rich people. What he said was that, I think this was Rockefeller, but I'm going to paraphrase because I don't remember the quote exactly. It's like, you know, just like there's so many talents in the world, like there are talents like singing and dancing and art and speaking. There are all these talents that exist in the world. Making money is also a talent. Right. Like if you are good at making money or if you have something that you can add to the world that makes money, then that means that is a talent that is as precious as somebody singing or painting or dancing or doing anything else. Right. So when you think about it that way, when you think about it as an art form and you've been blessed with this art form and you can think about it in a completely different fashion, because think about it. Say you're a really good singer. Would you say something like I'm a really good singer? But I don't think I should sing too much today because if I sing too much, then that's just really unfair to other people. Or it's just really unfair for me to sing too much because then that means that I'm not using my other talent in speaking or running or whatever. Like, you know, I think I shouldn't be partial towards this one talent. And I should just, you know, I should not sing that much because, you know, I don't want to just, I don't want to use my talent too much. If you think about it that way, you're like, wait, that makes no sense, right? Like, nobody would say that. It's like, if you're somebody who, who loves singing, you yeah. probably want to be singing all the time. And the people around you who's, who uh, who recognize that you're really good at singing, they're probably going to look at you and say, wow, like, you are such a good singer, you're changing my life. Or they might look at you and say, you have such a beautiful voice, This is a God-given gift, you should use it all the time. Or you should share it with the world, right? So when you think about your ability to make money as a talent, then go make money, go go be rich. Like, it's actually a gift to be rich and successful. It's a gift to be able to do that well. So there's, there doesn't need to be any shame around making money. It's like, it's a talent like anything else. Go use that talent. But also, the other thing is, what you what you were saying was that, you know, I, I'm really good at this, but I don't need to make money from it. Why not? Like, it's more important to explore why not. Like, why can't you make a lot of money doing exactly what you love, what brings you a lot of joy? Why not? Like when you explore it from that question of like, why not? You're going to come up with a lot of bullshit beliefs that you can clear. Um, but also it just makes you recognize that the truth is, if you are able to make money from doing this thing that you're really good at, that means you can impact more people, right? Like the people out, out there who are waiting on you, who are hoping for that you would step up mm-hmm. and serve in a way that only you can. And when you step up and fill that gap for other people, it's, going to be something that they're so grateful for you're going to change people's lives and the fact that you are really good in a really good financial place where you can the fact that you're in a really good financial place means that you can go out and serve more people Mm. so it's like i really think it's like win-win to be doing what you love and making a lot of money doing it and if someone says they don't want that then it's probably just uh, bullshit money stories which are running the show yeah yeah
0: of course yeah i mean she would say like yeah I, I don't need i don't need that much money and i think um yeah i mean i i've been one of those persons before because you know in i don't know how it is in singapore or in india but at least in germany being rich is not something that is very you know well seen like rich people or people, mm-hmm. not rich people, wealthy people money-wise, uh, they always stay like under the radar. They don't want to, you know, have it public. Money is a topic that you don't talk about. And so I think this is right. one one issue where like, you know, I can manage to live just by whatever, 2,000 euros or 5,000 or however much that is. And also I think the biggest, um, let's say, challenge for people is to to see like, you know, they have a talent, they have an interest, but they cannot imagine being able to live off of that and so that brings us a little bit to the point of sales and um, this is also like one of your core topics right and so um, I -hmm. wanted to ask you you know what kind of advice do you have for people especially starting out to help them around the topic of sales what are some tips you know that you can give to people on making their first sale because I think the most important let's say or most important help or factor to, to help you get over this, this, this fear of I'm not going to be able to live off of that is to make that first sale because I, I believe that yeah. once you're able to realize that holy shit I was able to make money with this that just shows you it is possible and once you have done it once yeah. you know it means you can repeat it time and time again and it's just like a matter of time yeah. that it's going to happen so is there some advice that you can give to people out there
1: Um, like, I think it's going to go back to what I said before, which was to be useful, like find a way you can serve another person, because really that's what this is about. Like your business is not about you, right? Your business is about your clients, about serving other people who need to be served. So look at what pain point other people have, see how your talents and skills can fill that gap. Yeah. And go have a conversation with people. And if you have conversations with enough people. You're going to find one person who's willing to work with you and pay you, and that's just really simply how you get started. If you go into it with a turn of service, you're never going to run out of clients.
0: Is there anything that you can that you can recommend for people who are like afraid to, you know, let's say offer? Like one thing is offering your service. The other thing is, like, I don't want to say asking for money, but you know, offer your service and um, ask for something in return. Let's put it like that.
1: Do hmm. like, you want to clarify the question a little bit more? I'm not sure yeah, where like, you're...
0: Like, I mean, like one thing, for example, is to do pro bono work, you know, but when it comes to that moment right. of like, hey, I'm going to charge you whatever, $200 for my service. Like, I think many people yep. don't go to that place because it's like, it's scary. Right. It, they, it might feel like right. wrong. I have to charge you something, you know, or... um. Even undercharge, whatever, but just putting a price tag on whatever it is that you're passionate about. Um, how has it been for you? Has it has it been like naturally? Okay, you know, I'm serving you, and I'm I'm offering to you whatever knowledge that I have, etc. And automatically, it's going to cost this, and that's it. Or has there been like this struggle for you as well?
1: No, honestly, I've not really struggled with that much because I've just come to realize that you know. There's nothing free in this world. Mm. That's just what it is. There's nothing free in this world. Like you can't go tell your landlord, like, oh yeah, like I'm gonna apply to live in your house for free. What do you think about that? Like it's that's not how it works. So I really think that it's about it's about your boundaries, mm. right? It's about your boundaries as well. Because what you have to recognize is that you have something that's valuable to the world. Mm-hmm. And the truth is not every client expects you to work for free. That's just what it is. Not every client is expecting you to work for free. But if you don't believe that, if you don't believe that there are people out there who are willing to work with mm-hmm. you and willing to pay you, then you're going to attract people who are who are those people who expect you to work for free. Mm-hmm. But I, just, I think it's like when you recognize this is a business and that businesses make money, so you need to just make money. So... Basically, if somebody asks you to work for free, you're going to be like, thank you very much, but my answer is no. Hmm. And if you just keep going, you're going to find people who are going to say yes to working with you and paying you. And those are the only people that you need to be working with. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I like that. So if there was, let's say, if there was one message that you would like to to share with women all over the world um, that you really think is important for them to hear, also based on your experience from what you've seen, what would be that one thing that you would want every woman to know out there?
1: I would say that it's okay to be wildly successful, wildly rich, wildly happy, and just do life your way. Like, you don't have to wait for permission. You don't have to cut down. I mean, you don't have to choose. You don't have to choose. You can have it all. You really can have it all. Mm. And I think if you don't believe that you can have it all, then obviously you're never going to create it. But when you come from that, when you start believing that I can have it all and this gets to be amazing for you, it gets to be an amazing life for you and you can really make it look the way you want it to look. So don't cut down the size of your dream, just increase the size of your conviction. I think that's it.
0: <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Um, yeah. And one thing that I always uh, also like to ask uh, everyone participating in the podcast is if you know, um, let's say tomorrow all your knowledge would be deleted. Um, but there would be three pieces of wisdom that you could pass on to your six-year-old self that you would like her to know about, you know, going through life. Um, what would be the three things that you would like little Satya really to know?
1: Oh, wow. That's a big one. I think the first would be it is safe to go after your dreams. Mm-hmm. Number two would be you can't fuck it up. And number three, it all works
0: out. Those are great points. I love that. Yeah. And so if people got curious about you, the work that you do, you know, where can they find you and how can they work with you?
1: Okay. So the place to find me would be my website, which is com. So just the way just uh, the way my name is spelled, S-A-T-Y-A-T-U-R-N-A dot com. Mm-hmm. That's my website. Uh, there's uh, all the links there that they would need to get in touch with me. There's an amazing free training that I have on my website, uh, which is, has been life-changing for a lot of people. So I highly recommend that people go check out the free training. Um, it's pretty easy to find on my website, but I can give you the link if you want to put it in the show notes. Um what and If you want to come to me... It's about um, it's about freelancers and solopreneurs um, who want to, it's for freelancers and solopreneurs who want to scale their business to fifteen thousand dollars per month and beyond mm. uh, without working themselves to death. So it's all about mindset. It's all about strategy, and it's it's an amazing training. So I would highly recommend that people check that out. Um, and then it's obviously you know it's useful no matter what kind of service based business you are in. It's been amazing training for people to catch up on that. And if they want to get to know me in person, I have a free Facebook group. It's called Weldy Solopreneur Squad. Uh, So you can find that on Facebook. I can give you the link as well. Uh, But yeah, you can come hang out with me in Weldy Solopreneur Squad. We do weekly office hours. I do live stream there pretty much every single day. Um, And yeah, that's the place to come meet me and hang out and talk about all the things around growing your business rapidly.
0: Oh, amazing. So everybody go check out Satya's uh website and Facebook group. Um do the free training. Um I think like if 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 there is let's say if you don't have the money or the resources at the moment to, you know, invest in, in, in anything else, I think there's so many free resources out there that you can take advantage of and that give you a lot of value and uh Satya's course is uh, with without a doubt one of those and you know take advantage of the things that people you know with a lot of experience um, put out there so thank you so much yeah. for being part of the Thrive Podcast Satya I, I feel like you've given us so much value and um, I know that people you know will appreciate it and um, you know being so honest and um, y- yeah open about your story everything that you've been through I really appreciate it a lot so thank you Thank you so much for tuning into the Thrive Podcast and spending your precious time with us. If you found this episode valuable and think that others could benefit from it too, please share it with your network, friends, and family. I would also be forever grateful if you could go over to iTunes and leave us an honest review about the show. And if you have a comment, question, or topic that you would like to see covered on the show, go to algamuller.com slash Thrive Podcasts. So see you next week, girl. And until then, don't forget that you were meant to thrive.